Hello and welcome to the Put the QB podcast. Here we are talking about week 17, episode 33 on the season, Tim. We have been doing this a lot this year. And the funny thing is, if you, it really is like episode 66 because we do two every week. Yeah. You know, um, yeah, good stuff, man. But obviously, it's something we love. It's something we're going to talk about anyway. It's research we're going to do anyway. It's a passion of ours. Yeah, you know? exactly. I'm Rick Navalani at Rick Punt the QB here with me, Tim Singer. Tim? Punt QBFF. All right. Where do you want to start at, Tim? Um, because our main episode here is a football breakdown and we add the sports gambling element into it, I thought it'd be great to lead with the story. Jets wide receiver coach, Miles Austin, you know Miles Austin, former Dallas guy. Former Dallas Cowboy, former Cleveland Brown. He is the, uh, the next in the line behind the Calvin Ridley thing to, uh, get suspended for at least a year for violating sports betting policy the NFL has. Yeah, well, and I heard he's, uh... He's appealing it. He's appealing. I no want to know exactly what did he do. He, yeah, and we're going to get more meat. We're going to get you know more and more of this to talk uh, about. We're going to get more of the story. But I, I guess both sides have acknowledged he did not bet on pro football. So wh- what are we talking about here? Yeah, that's yeah. So like yeah, that's interesting because what I, did he bet on college football? I mean, I like I said, I, I don't know. It's just the the story reported, and I. I I should have wrote down who who was the first to break it, but I saw it on on, on um, the bottom line of Red Zone, and I, I you know did a Google search on it. Um, I just think it's funny. I, I understand they have a sports betting policy, and you have to keep everything. I mean, you saw the stupid thing Calvin Ridley was suspended for. He was away from the team and happened to throw the Falcons to win in a parlay. Yeah. Um, but everybody knows the policy, and that he broke it anyway. But it, it, the NFL, we we've known for years they're hypocritical. They, they they sell tapes, or, you know, we got off our tapes with the greatest hits in the NFL, and, and they, they boost up, you know, Dick Buckus and, 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 you know, all these hits. Oh, John Lynch with the spear. John Lynch and, yeah. and, and all these things, while also saying they're all for player safety. Mm-hmm. And they're all for player safety, but every week there's a Thursday game, which is horrible for these players. Well, here's more hypocrite for you. The NFL is in bed with DraftKings and all these other sites. They, I mean, if you go to DraftKings, there's the player's picture right there. They can use the actual names. They're in bed with these sports betting things, but they're not going to allow their own employees to bet on sports that are not the NFL. Yeah, you know what? That's, that is kind of hypocritical, but at the same exact time, you have to with the you have to keep the the integrity of the league when it comes to sports gambling and stuff like that. Because there's a lot of sports that are already tarnished by sports gambling, by sports gambling controversies. Um, in tennis, they had European tennis that where guys were throwing games and they had pretty much admitted that they would um, withdraw, which means they just would take a loss because they, because of betting and stuff like that. There, there's been proof of these things actually happening. Yeah, the the, ref, the NBA referee, Tim Gani. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I always butcher his last name, but the NBA referee that got caught. Yep. Um, and then there was there was the even 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 as far as I've even heard. Um, like actual factual stuff. I actually read something on sumo wrestling in Japan where they would fix the fix the sumo matches for each other. Yeah, you know, the funny thing is, I, I giggle because this goes back to like the 50s when the mob ran the books and they, they had guys toss and stuff. So this is not new. Mm-hmm. It's just more mainstream. Now. It's just one of the, what you can't have, you already have people, if you're on social media, you see it all the time. If you're doing 
you know, sports gambling or NFL talk on social media, you see it all the time where they're like, tell me this isn't fixed. Tell me this isn't fixed, Minnesota coming back from 33 points down. Tell me this isn't fixed with that call late in the game. Tell me that isn't fixed with the uh, with the roughing the passer on Tom Brady when it wasn't roughing the passer. So you've got people already talking about this stuff. You've got people talking about it all the time. You've got people that want controversy. The the world is flat to some people still, all right? So, <laughs> Oh, my God. So people want controversy. People want stuff to talk about with this. If you give them an inch, they will make it a mile. And you can't have that. You can't have it. You cannot have it whatsoever because you let any inkling of that through and that whole deck of cards comes tumbling down. Not that it's a, it's a, car, it's a house of cards, but... I was just going to say, I, I, the NFL is not a house card. The no, NFL it's not a house of cards. I mean, along. anybody that says that the games are rigged, stuff like that, it, you need to be... It, you need to take it easy. I mean, the FBI show proof that there's UFOs and people are like, eh. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. <laughs> So, but all I'm saying is is that you you have to have strict rules about this stuff because once it, it, once it starts, it can get completely out of control. No, I, I understand what you're saying. I, I just, uh, man, it's, you gotta be real dumb if you're making a living in that sport to begin with. To even, yeah. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, you can really like, like we talked Ricky Williams back in the day, man. You can really love weed. But if the one thing... They you tell know, you to do is not weed. Yeah. Then, then don't, either, either don't play football or don't do weed. Yeah, it goes back to the whole Adam and Eve thing. You're like, hey, this is paradise. Everything's yours. Just not that apple. You're like, man, that apple looks good. <laughs> but but I just said just not that. Yes, yeah, yeah, so it's, it's like you have everything here. It's like, okay, you can make a living in NFL... Just don't bet on sports. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, obviously it'll be interesting to see what happens as far as what, what exactly he bet on. Um, and then, what exactly, where's the line? Like, what kind of, can you not be an assistant coach whatsoever? Can you not be, uh, can you not be a, a part of the team at all? Can, like, the... Can like the trainer not bet on games? Can the uh, can the equipment guy? Can the uh, cleanup guy at the stadium not bet on games? I don't know. What where where is the, where is the line get set at? Oh, I'm sure there's a a page. I'm sure there's a policy that's as long as that new bill, Congress, you know, forty one hundred pages. I'm sure somewhere in there they have decided exactly where the line is. Mm. Um, they just not telling us because it's you know nobody wants to read that far into a rule. But, yeah, but I'm telling you now that's the second one to hit the news. I wouldn't be surprised if that goes up to two or three years. Not to mention the fact that just have your wife put the bets in. What yeah, are don't you be doing? Stupid. Yeah, don't don't be stupid. All right, what else do you want to talk uh, about? Well, speaking of the Jets, it looks like the Zach Wilson era in New York is over. He's been benched, and multiple reports have come out because it's New York um, that the Zach Wilson era is over in New York. He was the second overall pick in the twenty twenty one draft. You know what? It, it's crazy because they were five and two, and and. I know that he was hurt for a couple of games, but he he was five and two at one point. The Jets were, and now they're what two and two and six since then. So now we're looking at seven and eight. I mean, barely looking to eke out a playoff spot. I mean, you need a, a million things to go your way in order for them to make it. Obviously, that's not going to happen. But persona non grata, Zach Wilson. Now, yeah, he has been invited not to participate with the team <laughs> anymore. They, it's not the fact that they've benched him. They have inactivated him and said he they will he will not be traveling with the team any longer. So they have basically made it perfectly clear they want nothing to do with Zach Wilson any longer. And that's crazy because it's not like he hooked up with the owner's daughter or like punched a teammate or he hasn't been a, a scandalous person or a distraction. He just hasn't played good football. Mm -hmm. I mean, Tim, you know that somebody with Zach Wilson that. It was compared to on the radio was Cade McNown. 
I mean, is wow. that crazy? If that's true, Kim McDowell only played like 20 games in the NFL. He busted out with the Bears. I think he can't. He signed on as somewhere as a backup and never played for them. And then just was completely out of the NFL. I'm like, if people are comparing him Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. Kay McNown, who was cocky, he wasn't good, he didn't play well, and he was not, from what I've heard from people talking about, not a good person. You know what I mean? He got kicked out of the Playboy Mansion. Yeah. So if he's, so if we're equating Zach Wilson to a guy that that that's a terrible football player because we see him playing terrible. Rightly so, if that's the case. So, but if we're talking about somebody that's a terrible person, terrible in the locker room and stuff like that, like there is no place in the NFL for you. Then you basically played yourself right out. I mean, congratulations, second pick overall in the draft. I mean, you made like thirty million dollars in what three or four years of the NFL. But I mean, your your career is pretty much over. I, I'm going to push back. I disagree. We saw it this year. This was the year of the third string quarterbacks. Everybody's playing. You know, I, I mean, can you name the guy playing for the Titans tonight? Uh, Dobbs. Exactly. Josh Dobbs. The, the point that you had to think about He it. used to back up for Cleveland. <laughs> right. What I'm saying is that I feel like Zach Wilson is going to be one of those. He'll sign on somewhere as a backup with no pressure whatsoever. Mm-hmm. He'll get in. He'll get an opportunity. And he'll probably play better. If he goes somewhere, New York is a tough place to play. Look at Geno Smith. You know, Geno Smith was a Jet. Now look at the success he's having in Seattle because nobody had any expectations for him. I'm telling you, he's going to land somewhere as a backup. He'll come in, he'll play, maybe even play well in a situation where there's no pressure compared to New York. I'm just saying if his season ends up being, if his career is being uh, compared to to Cade McNown, then, then there, there's not much. Of a yeah, there. those are two words you don't want associated with you. That's for sure. <laughs> what else do you want to talk? Uh, moving about? on, um, the other big news of the week: the Broncos, sitting at four and eleven, have fired head coach Nathaniel Hackett after a fifty-one fourteen beatdown loss to the Rams, who are also pathetic, after only fifteen games as head coach. Yeah. Well, you know what? This just this is this is a, a this is more of a a bigger problem than with Denver. One is you clearly had scouting and stuff like that. And I know everyone was big on Russ, you know, going into the, going into last, at the end of last season, but this was a collapse on a colossal level in in multiple ways. You gave up a King's ransom for Russell Wilson, who now is playing like absolute garbage. Your head coach that you, and and it's not even like, like, should Nathaniel Hackett have ever been a head coach? Probably not from what we've seen with the, but how did he get to this point? Who do you have to blame? Who are the scouts? Who's the GM that you that these guys talked to this guy and thought this was a good idea? Yeah, I start all the way at the top. John Elway, since he took over the Broncos, hasn't done anything well. I mean, he keeps drafting. Remember Brock Osweiler? Besides when he you know, brought in Manning, when he went and got Manning. Well, yeah, I mean, that, because that, the Colts wanted nothing to do with them anymore exactly, because they were yeah. getting luck. And so that yeah, you're right. That did land in his lap, but still doesn't change the fact that this is. An organizational problem. I understand the owner just bought the team this year, and that's a new owner, and that's fine. But how to head this should not be the only head that rolls on this. But the the, the thing is, it's the only one that can for it. You can't fire Russell Wilson. No, you just pay. You just gave him a bucket of money, and you just set up the Seattle Seahawks. I compared it to the Herschel Walker trade back in the day, where they traded Herschel Walker to the Vikings, and that started the the dynasty of Dallas with the triplets: two firsts, two seconds, a fourth. And three and three players, two of which are starters, and Drew Locke, we can't really call him a starter. Yeah, I know. He was a, well, listen, we're going to cut him anyway. Do you yeah. want him? Um, yeah, they're set up very well for the next couple of years. As far as the Broncos, um, 
you know, here's the thing. How many coaches have we seen? It's a copycat league. Sean McVay, the young upstart offensive mind, had success in L.A. Every other team saw that, and they wanted the next young upstart offensive mind. We see the ball. We saw the Bears try that with Nagy. You know, uh, Nathaniel Hackett, because he was associated with Aaron Rodgers, got the job. But how many times have we seen that? Uh, you know, who who was the the Adam Gase? He had quote success with Jay Cutler. He got a job not only in Miami, but also in New York. I mean, you just kind of like, everybody wants to have the next young up-and-comer. And you're like, listen, man, can this guy even coach? Yeah, well, you know? they they learned, they learned the hard way. Nathaniel Hackett can't coach. So Yeah, one more thing before we move on to the games. Uh, J.J. Watt has announced his retirement. And he'll retire after the last two games to the um, this year for the Cardinals, obviously, they're not going to the playoffs. In 12 seasons, he's a three-time Defensive Player of the Year, five-time All-Pro, um, all-decade team for the 2010s. He's been nothing short of amazing when he can play. He's been marred by injuries. J.J. Uh, Watt, first ballot Hall of Famer? Absolutely. Yeah, I know You, you can't be a three-time yeah. Defensive Player of the Year and not be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah, it's, it's sad that he's quietly going out because Arizona's just not good. But uh, I had to mention it, man. He's been amazing. He's had a pretty decent uh, renaissance the last, the last couple of games this year. He's had he's had some decent amount of tackles. He's had a couple of sacks. He's been a little he's been disruptive, which is good because JJ Watt when he first went to Arizona last year, you, you didn't really see that for a stretch. Yeah, it's yeah. He like I said, he's when healthy, he's been awesome. The yeah. JJ SWAT, uh, I mean, just he, he's been really good. So I had to mention it. Yeah. Uh, moving on. But we don't move on to Week 17 until we briefly touch on the Week 16 Rewind. And the biggest thing to stick out, at least in my mind, from Week 16, the Titans lost their fifth straight game to Houston of all teams. Now, I know we've seen them be scrappy, but they were the better team on that field. Yeah. They lost their fifth straight game. The Jags have now taken over on a tiebreak, have taken over first place in the AFC South. It's uh, pretty awesome. To, that this has come down like this, but you got a Houston team that's playing well. They play against Jacksonville this week. You got Tennessee pretty much in a game now that means absolutely nothing tonight against the the, the Cowboys. The Cowboys have already locked in um, a playoff spot. They're probably they would have to win out. Philadelphia would have to lose out. I don't think that's going to happen. So Dallas is locked in as that fifth seed, as that first wild card, and the Titans play for nothing this week because next week they play against. Uh, the Jaguars, and that's what matters for the division. Jacksonville's game this week and the Titans' week game this week absolutely means absolutely nothing. Yeah, and I, yeah, I, I'm sure if it hasn't happened already, NBC's already going to snag that one. Oh yeah, because you're right. They play next week. It is for the division title, which is kind of sad because it's like y- you want to make the playoffs. You want to win the division. I think it means so much more for the Jags because young upstart. We've seen Trevor Lawrence take that next step. He mm-hmm. looks like the real deal. Um, and I think they're on the ascension. It's a bigger deal for the Titans because where do you go from here? Yeah. Derrick Henry's had a ton of carries, taken a ton of hits. Ryan Tannehill is not, he might get you A to B, but he's not a B to C guy. He's not going to win you a championship. No. I, I likened it a, a couple episodes back to when the Rams moved on from Jared Goff and brought in Matt Stafford. And, and the Titans, the life left on that thing is is dwindling very quickly. Besides Derrick Henry... Can you, I mean, maybe Traylon Burks maybe makes that next step in the next couple of years, but he was very green to start this season. It, this isn't this isn't like they're Matt Stafford away, like the Rams were from winning a championship. This team has a lot of problems coming up. Which is sad because they were the number one overall seed in the AFC last year. And, and going in, 
and they were what seven and seven and two, seven and three before they lost five straight. I mean, so they were in control of that division, and they just fumbled it away. Yeah, absolutely. the uh, The only other thing that stuck out to me, which uh, from Week sixteen, the Saints, Panthers, Packers, and Steelers all stayed alive with wins. Do you think any of those teams I just mentioned sneaks in? You know what? It it's a if the Green Bay wins this week, then it, it basically comes down to, you know, Green Bay, you know, a, a Green Bay and Detroit, because I don't think Washington's going to be able to hold both of them off. No, and that that's the problem is is Washington they've got a half game lead on uh you know uh Green Bay, Detroit, Seattle, um, yes. But I'm with you. They're, they're going to lose this week, you know. And it's, it's well, actually, I can't say that. Anyway, we'll get to that guy. Yeah. So, but I mean, and then you got, and then you got the Panthers. Where if the Panthers beat beat the Bucks, then the Panthers are in control of that division. Yeah. It, it's it, it sets up for a very exciting Week 17. The NFL is loving it. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. They're eating it up. All right, Tim. We start off with the lowly Denver Broncos. <laughs> At the Kansas City Chiefs. The Kansas City Chiefs are favored by 12 and a half. The over-under is 45. Tim, 94% of the bets are on KC right now. KC's won 14 straight versus Denver. What do you expect? They own the Denver Broncos. The only problem is, is that KC, 5 and 9 and 1 this season against the spread. They don't cover spreads. Yeah, I, I hear you, but don't tell me that... Okay, let, let me correct that. A couple weeks ago when they played... Russell Wilson has best game of the season. They were in that game until he got hurt. I that being said, Kansas City is still playing for the number one seed. Buffalo plays Cincy. Cincy can win that game. Casey's still playing for the number one seed. I don't think they think they take their foot off the gas. The only question in this game is whether they cover. Yeah. I, I just I just think that Casey has made it a like nine times. <laughs> like for a team that has such a great record. They've they've not covered the spread nine times this season, and they've been favored in mostly most of those games. The games that they weren't favored when they were dogs was against Tampa Bay and against San Francisco, and they won both of those games. So two of those wins were when they were dogs. So they're actually as favorites. They're, when they're favored, they're three nine and one. They've only been dogs twice. So are are you trying to make a case for Denver covering the spread? No, I'm not betting this game. <laughs> but I'm just saying anybody that when they say ninety four percent of the bets is on KC to cover the spread that obviously raises some red flags to me. It, it, and it has to, yeah. I, I tend to stay away from division games, but uh, I I could make a case that Denver backdoor covers. Yeah. All right, so really nothing really to talk about there. I mean, I know KC is still playing for that top seed, but so are two other teams. We'll get to that. We'll get to that Yeah, we, we get to end with that yeah. guy. So the Saints are going to the Eagles. The spread is 5.5 with an over-under of 43.5. Tim, the... The the spread is five and a half, and it's because Jalen Hurts is not playing is not going to play this week. I mean, other than that, there's no reason why this would. And even with Gardner Minshew, I still think this is too low. Yeah, I'm with you. I I actually got it at six and a half on DraftKings yesterday. Um, I like Philly. I I don't think Gardner Minshew is that big a downgrade. New Orleans is terrible on the road. Um, Eagles are six and one against the spread in their last seven home games. I I like Philly. Uh, you know. I mean, even when the Saints win, they don't they don't do it, you know they don't do it pretty, you know they have a minus twenty two point differential in the season, and, and and let me ask you this: Is Garner Minshew the best backup quarterback in the league? I was going to ask you the same thing. He is one of the. I would say he's probably top four or five. 
as far as backups. I mean, I know going into the season, you probably would have said, oh, well, Andy Dalton or um, Mike White. I, I really like Mike White. <laughs> you, love, you love you, so you love yeah. But I mean, like there, I, there are some good. There I mean, are maybe some good Jimmy backups. Garoppolo who Jimmy, just played Jimmy the NFC Championship. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. There were some good ones. I wouldn't say that he was the best, but I would say he's probably in the top five. Considering some of the stuff we're seeing now, oh my god, oh it's so bad. Some of the stuff, I, it's so bad. But let me throw this out there. Uh, we always talk about it, um, protecting the quarterback, getting to the quarterback. But another big thing, turnovers. The Saints are 29th in turning the ball over, and they are last in forcing turnovers. Whereas the Eagles are second in forcing turnovers and sixth in total giveaways. So this is a team that, that gives away the ball. That they so The Saints team that gives away the ball, that can't force the, taking the ball away, and then you got Philly who does it pretty much at will. Yeah, I, I don't see anything good coming out of this game for the Saints. Moving on. <laughs> Honestly, Move, yeah. Moving on. The Chicago Bears are at the Detroit Lions. The spread is 6. The over-under is 52. It's the, I think it's the highest spread. It's the highest over-under of the is, week. It's the highest total, yep. I mean, Tim, neither one of these defenses can stop anybody. I mean, the Bears are 32nd in pass offense. They're 29th at sacks allowed. They're, you know, they, they're 30th against the they're 30th against the run. I mean, you got and then you got a Detroit team. They're last in scoring defense, but the Bears, they're second to last in scoring defense. Yeah, I, I the Lions are just not used to being favored, let's be honest. I don't I cannot tell you what happened last week against Carolina. I made the case when we broke it down the game that Carolina plays a style of football with the running to stay in it and win it in the end. I made a case that they could win the game, not dominate. Holy cow. That wasn't close at all. Carolina ran over the Lions. Yeah. I, I I mean, what, 320-something yards rushing? Yeah. I mean, just, just they dominated. So I have no idea what happened to the Lions uh, last week. These two teams are familiar with each other. A healthy Justin Fields can put up points. I The Lions need this win. But the Bears are so close to the one pick. <laughs> I know. You, if you know Houston ends up pulling this one off, the Bears might actually be first overall. I mean, it's 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 sad that that's what you have to look forward to, but we all knew going into the season the Bears weren't going to be good. Houston's fighting. They have no talent at all, and they're fighting. The Bears are so close. You know what this reminds me of? The Dave Wanstead years, when they would be mathematically eliminated and then win two of the last three. Yeah. And you'd just be like, why? What's going on? Yeah, they finished like seven and nine. Yeah, and he'd be like, "Well, we got a really good look going into next season." I'll tell you that. I, but I'm not calling for the upset, but I I wouldn't be surprised if the Bears won. But this you know game. what? Honestly, like I can't believe that because we are here in Chicago, and I can't believe that the the Chicago media was making such a big deal of sit Justin Fields for the last two games of the season. Like, what you can't tank games, guys. You can't intentionally lose games. No. There is no reason for you. I mean, it's not like some of the other teams that we're going to talk about where they've just decided, like, the Jets are just moving on from their quarterback. The Raiders have decided they're moving on and stuff like that. With the Bears, you're not moving on from this guy. You can't just be like, well, we're just going to set him. We're just not going to play him. He's got no injury designation. He's not a cancer to the team. He's not a problem. He's going to be there next year. Why wouldn't you go out there and put him out there? Like, let the guy get some game, more game experience. It can't hurt. And when you got when you're talking about Justin Fields in his second season, Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen, I've said it numerous times this season. Guys that go into their third season, it's, that's when they take that next step. And hopefully, Justin Fields will be taking that next step. Let the guy play. I can't believe the media was talking about it this much because I don't think it was ever an option for the Bears. 
I, I can tell you inside the building they weren't talking about it. Yeah, exactly. You, you know why the media is talking about it? Because there's 57 cable sports channels and there's sports talk channels. They need conversation. They need to talk about it. They can say that stuff and their phone lines will light up with people calling in saying you're crazy. But that's it. You for, have to play this kid. For, two weeks ago I was calling for the Lions to, to backdoor that last playoff spot. And guess what? They absolutely need to win this game. The Bears do not need to win this game. The Lions need to win this game. The Lions play better at home. Jared Goff plays better at home. I think we'll see some good. I think we'll see some good things from the Lions this week. Let's move on to the Jacksonville Jaguars, the NFC South leading Jacksonville Jaguars traveling to the Houston Texans. The Texans are four and a half point favorites with an over under of forty three. Tim, Jacksonville has owned. I mean, Jacksonville has been owned by the Texans. The Texans have won the last nine games that they've played against Jacksonville. All right, and on top and on top of that, you're talking about a Texans team that the last three games have played the best football they've played all season. They should have beat Dallas, they should have beat Kansas City, and then they beat Tennessee. Those are three of the better teams they played all season. Man, I feel like you're doing my job. This is all stuff I lead into you with, but yeah, you're right. Yeah, Texans have absolutely owned the Jaguars, and they're fighting hard. Yeah, I mean, like I said, they they should have beat Dallas. They took Casey to overtime. They straight up beat Tennessee. These are all teams um, that need to win. And Lovey has this team playing high. I give him credit. He was set up to fail. He's like, oh, we'll let you be head coach again. That's awesome. What team do I get? The Houston Texans. He's like, wait, what? They have no talent whatsoever. The only good player on their team, well, I mean, Brandon Cooks decides when he wants to play. Damian Pierce is on IR. They have no talent at all. I don't know. They're going to probably turn over half that roster because it's not young either. And he's got them playing hard and fighting hard. There's two games left of the season. They could have just packed it up. They could have thrown their golf clubs in their car and packed it up, but they're not. They're fighting hard, and I give them credit. Both teams, I mean, we talked about the Texans this whole time, but both teams are 3-0 against the spread in their last three games, both of them. I mean, and the Texans, last week was the first fourth quarter, fourth quarter comeback. Try saying that three times. Right? <laughs> first fourth quarter comeback since 2019 for the Texans. I mean... Crazy. And Jacksonville, as a favorite, their last seven, 0-7, Tim. As yeah. a favorite. That's a, Yeah, I don't know if it's one of those young teams who just got done talking about the Lions where, like, they're not used to success. They have not t- tasted success. They're not used to being favored, you know. And, and and you're right, Jacksonville, when favored, that doesn't usually end up well. Four and a half on the road, quote-unquote, because the Texans at this point, they don't draw a lot, and I can't blame them. Why would you spend your hard-earned money on a holiday? <laughs> Honestly, your hard-earned money on a holiday weekend to go to that stadium? I think, I think, the, I think in the, the second or third week of the season, their, first, their second home game, you know, I know when you go to, like, CVS or you go to, like, these things, you could see where you could buy tickets. Like, you could buy tickets for it was $18. Yeah. You could buy tickets for as low as $18 for the Texans. Meanwhile, you look at the Bears, it's like, uh, good luck paying anything under uh, under 75 80 bucks for a ticket and they're all sold out anyway it's it's madness yeah. yeah all right so let's go to the next game here the carolina panthers are this is the game here this is a big game here this one screams like big game in the noon games beep 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 you know kind of with the neon lights the carolina panthers at the tampa bay buccaneers now both of these teams have really not play you know like what are we talking about seven and eight teams you know what i mean six and six yeah and nine. six nine seven and eight six yeah. and nine and seven and eight and you, and this game comes to this the spread is three tampa bay is favored by three the over under is 40 and a half if tampa bay wins they're in if carolina wins they control their destiny yeah and the thing is we talked about it when we broke down last week's games tampa bay was playing an arizona team 
with McSorley at quarterback, who hadn't thrown a pass in, in, in a couple years, and you're like, man, how do they not just go in there and wreck shop? They needed overtime to squeeze by. The Bucks are not playing well at all. They're only favored by three because they're the home team. They're 0-8 against the spread in their last eight home games. They're not playing good at all. Meanwhile, the Panthers, when they run the ball and can keep it going and don't ask Sam Darnold to win the game, they stay in games. They they play football that keeps you in the game. And I, I, I I'm not going to lie, I like the Panthers in this one. Yeah, I can definitely see why, because let me throw a whole bunch of stats out here. Tampa Bay, this year against the spread, 3-11-1 against the spread this season. Tim, before week 14, they were favored every single week. Before week 14. Even against the Chiefs. Yeah. I mean, let me throw another one out here. Tampa Bay is 0-8 the last eight games at Carolina. Uh, 0-8 at, against the at spread. Home. At Carolina. Oh, they're in Tampa. Oh, I was sorry. Damn. That's okay. I right? had a nice one there, and I, and, and, and I was just like, oh, yeah, they are in Tampa, aren't they? And when, ah. the, and when the Germans bomb for water, <laughs> yes. Germans, let right. go. One last one. This one, you can't, this one, this one, this one totally makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The last time Tampa won by seven or more, Tim, do you know when that was? I don't know. Week two. Wow. Since that time, they could have easily lost to Atlanta in week five. You remember that game. I the do. Rams in week nine. New Orleans on Monday night when they scored those two oh, touchdowns with three two, minutes yeah. left to go. Arizona last week, their only legit win since week two was when they went to Germany and handed Seattle because they ran the ball the whole time. Tampa Bay is the worst rushing offense in football. Dead last. Averaging 77 yards per game. Dead last. And they are even lucky they're 7-8 and eight because those games that I told you right there, those all could have been losses. Those were the only wins. When you're looking at that, Tim, I told you those teams. Do you, does any of those teams scare anybody? No. They need to thank their lucky stars there in the NFC South. Yeah. Does Tom Brady know that the first three quarters of an NFL game count? I don't, I don't I, I know. Mean, I don't know if Tampa Bay even knows anymore what, what, they're, what they're doing for the first three quarters. I don't think they actually think they're playing football until the fourth I mean, quarter when, starts. How are you dead last in rushing when your quarterback's 45 years old? I, I, I'm beginning to think that that tablet—I'm sorry I interrupted you— I'm beginning to think with that tablet that Brady's always throwing around and stuff like that, he's watching Red Zone. And he doesn't start <laughs> kicking it up. He doesn't start kicking it up a notch until, until uh, Scott, 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 goes, Scott goes, and we're in the witching hour. He's like, let's go. <laughs> he just, he's like, well, this is it. We're in the fourth quarter now. Uh, it's either that or he's on TMZ. You've seen what Antonio Brown and Giselle are doing. I, I don't know. I mean, I just, I, Tampa Bay should not be favored against anybody right now. Nope. And now we're going to see where the rubber meets the road here. Is Tampa Bay's rush defense as good as the NFL and the media claims it to be? Because Carolina, all they do is run the ball. 300, I'm sorry, 320 rush yards, three rushing touchdowns last week. Yeah. So this is where we're going to find out if Carolina's rush can beat Tampa Bay's rush defense. And if they do, then Tampa Bay is not making the playoffs this season. I'm just... Caution, Carolina, you need a nine-point lead in the fourth quarter because if it's eight, Tom Brady turns it on in the fourth quarter. Yeah. He doesn't play the other three. So if you're going to win the game, have a nine-point lead in the fourth quarter, Carolina. All right, so now the Indianapolis Colts are going to the New York Giants. The spread on this one is six. The Giants are favored by six, and the over-under is 38. The Colts have lost their last five, Tim. Yeah, the uh, Jeff Saturday era started off with a win against the Raiders. And yes, five straight. So obviously, Matt Ryan wasn't the problem. 
uh, Frank Reich wasn't the problem. They're just not a good football team this year. And when you take Jonathan Taylor, who, number one, you weren't running him, and now he's not even an option. Yeah. Uh, that's just, it, let's be honest, it's just not a very good football team. It is. When you're talking about teams that have really disappointed this season, I mean, I know you've got the Denver Broncos, and you know you've got the Raiders, but the Colts have got to be right there. I mean, and these are all AFC teams. I mean, this is this is so bad. I mean, I know the Rams are disappointing, but this has been a complete mess. Frank Reich, like two or three years ago, they were talking about Coach of the Year. Yep. And some of that, and and he just fell apart. And then to bring in Jeff Saturday, which, oh my God, like it's like one of those things where we were all like plot applauding for it and lauding for it, like yeah, bring this guy off the we couch. All thought, yeah, we like, oh, could, that. like this just proves if you come off the couch, you might win a game. But that's that's not that's it's it. not it's the it's a totally different beast. Tim, the, the Colts are in every offensive category are in the bottom third. In every offensive category, running the ball, passing the ball, scoring, you know, like sacks allowed. They are in the bottom third of every single offensive category I've been looking at. And there's been numerous ones. It's not like I'm just looking at four. So, of course, Nick Foles is the answer. Yeah, so I, I wrote it down. I'm like, it doesn't make a difference if you're Nick Foles. It doesn't make a difference if you're Matt Ryan. It doesn't make a difference if you're Sam Ellinger. It doesn't make a difference if Philip Rivers. It doesn't make a difference if Carson Wentz. It doesn't make a difference if Andrew Luck. It doesn't make a difference with this team. This team is really bad. <laughs> I saw a joke on Twitter. I, I should have saved uh, whose handle it was. They're like, can we just superimpose Derek Carr in a Colts jersey now? Yeah, right? Because yeah, I mean, like, they, they just keep bringing that's people what in. They, they went Phillip Rivers to Carson Wentz to Matt Ryan. I, I mean, <laughs> it's just a tour stop. I, I don't know if Indy is – do they have great retirement homes in Indianapolis? I, just, I don't at know. This point, at this point, you you can't keep doing this now. You can't keep bringing in a different quarterback every single season. I know you got to do something. But I mean, at least maybe draft somebody or something. I don't know, but you can't just keep bringing in a veteran that keeps underperforming. Yeah, we spent a couple minutes barbecuing the Colts, but let's be honest: is there any reason the Giants don't win this game by touchdown? No, the Giants. Well, the, the only thing I'll say this is is that the Giants are eleven and four against the spread this season, but they've only won by more than six twice this season. So I mean, it's not like out of those uh, out of those eleven covers, they they have not covered by more than a touchdown. They've only covered by more than a touchdown once. It was over six one time because it was seven, and it was over uh, over that one time because it was eight. So I mean, they don't score; they don't win by more than a touchdown. I remember early on this season when I mentioned to you, "Hey, any chance Saquon Barkley considered for MVP?" And and you you know we we talked about it. It's you know it's a quarterback award, but like, what happened? What made them decide? Yeah, we're not going to run him anymore. Uh, I, they were doing that at the beginning of the season. I remember picking them in in uh, daily fantasy and all this stuff, and then to be like. Oh, we're going into halftime. Uh, Saquon Barkley, four carries. So what? Four carries? This guy is like, what? Brian Dayball is supposed to be like this big, you know, great mind and stuff like that. And it's like, uh, what is he trying to do with Daniel Jones? What are you trying to do with this guy? He's not that guy. Whatever you're trying to do with him, he's not that guy. Run the ball. Saquon. Screen passes. Saquon. Did I mention Saquon? Saquon. All right, Tim. We, we talked about Carolina and Tampa Bay uh, two games ago. Here's another one that pretty much sets the tone for the seventh seed in the AFC. The Miami Dolphins are traveling to the New England Patriots. The spread is three. The over-under is 41. Now, the Patriots are favored by three because two is not going to play. And probably rightly so. The hits this guy has been taking this year, I don't know what oh, we man. should be talking Once about. Once I this. saw, I, I, I'm sorry, I snipped you there, buddy. I'm sorry. Once I saw that Tua was back in concussion protocol, I'm like, oh, no. Th- this poor kid, he's worked so hard to have a renaissance season, to, to silence all his doubters, 
and he just keeps getting concussions. Like I said, we all remember that image on Thursday night when both teams surrounded him, and, and he had no business being on the field, and, and and now he's back in concussion protocol. And I'm not saying, hey, listen, Teddy Bridgewater is a fine. He has started multiple games in this league. He's a fine backup quarterback. Um, you're right. New England's favored by three because of the home team, and Teddy Bridgewater is the quarterback. Um, it, it, this is a huge game. The Dolphins have lost four straight. They're currently the seventh seed. New England, via tiebreakers, is the eighth seed. Huge game. If the Patriots have any chance of sneaking in, the Patriots need this one. Well, it's not even the fact that if, if the Patriots win this game, they control their own destiny. They take over the seventh seed over Miami. So this right here sets the tone of what's going to happen. If Miami wins, they're basically in. If New England wins, Miami is in. Miami's chasing now New England going into that last week of well, the season. Well, if you fast forward to week 18, New England plays the Bills. And the Bills are playing for the one seed. Tell me this Patriots team has any shot against Buffalo. I know we're getting ahead well, of Well, I mean, the Jets, the Jets took, the Jets, I mean, Miami beat them. Ooh, point. The Jets, point. <laughs> the Jets took uh, Miami a couple of, uh, Buffalo a couple times to the wire. I mean, Buffalo is, uh, you know, Buffalo is is beatable because they've been losing to teams they shouldn't I, be I'm just saying, for people that live in, in our city, I, I pay attention to Patriots games more than most everybody. This team has no identity on offense. They are 21st in passing. 22nd in rushing, 16th in scoring. They have no identity whatsoever. They 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 they're not a run team, they're not a pass team. And, and I get it. You know, famous Belichick, he gets in his lab, and he watches film for 25 hours a day and he finds your weakness and blah 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 blah. He's not even doing that. Yeah. I, I mean, I, maybe Mac Jones is not. Maybe Mac Jones just was Hey, I'm a quarterback of Alabama, and everybody's five stars. We did. <laughs> Everyone's five stars. I remember I'm wrong. Yeah. No, you're right. <laughs> it's just funny the way you said it. Um, I think the one thing that I'll say is is when it comes to New England this year is they're not really good at anything, but Belichick continues to try to get the most out of his players. The only thing is is that this we've been talking about all season long. This is not the talented team that's been there years in the past. Right. This team is not as talented as it needs to be. Um, that being said... I'm like, you watch, you watch New England at home take care of business because if there's one thing you could say, Belichick wins big games. Yeah, he does. He, I, Like I said, I, I wasn't trying to you know make fun of Belichick. Obviously, he's the GOAT. And I don't know any other coach that would have this team at 7-8 and eight in a position to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. This team just does not have the talent. I mean, he's piecing together Kendrick Bourne and, and just random, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like his receiver court, have you seen it? You know, and, and it, part of that's his own fault because he can't draft receivers. I mean, and kill Harry, you know. <laughs> he, can't, he can't draft yeah, receivers. It's absolutely so one position he can't. He can trade you for your veteran, but he can't draft them. Tim, at the end of this season, are we talking about um, how Tua did not silence his doubters, or are we just talking about a guy that just for his own safety can't play football. Oh man. And I'm not saying I'm not saying that he can't play football like he's not good. I'm saying the injuries this guy keeps going keeps dealing with are going to have ramifications for the rest of this man's life. He's he's he was a great quarterback in college. He he's had a he has had a great um you know rookie start to his career and stuff like that first couple of seasons and stuff. But at some point you just have to have to think for this own for his own personal safety. I mean, you know, like I I was not one for concussions when I was when I was when I was in the nineties watching football when I was a kid and in the early two thousands stuff of like that. I was just like, yeah, look at that hit and stuff like that. Now I'm looking at it going, oh my god, these guys, these poor guys. So at some point, what do you think? I'm with you. I mean, there there are times where I wonder about the hits I took. 
Because there are times where I walk into a room and forget why, or, you know, every once in a while I kind of stumble and see stars, and I'm like, what just happened? And, and these guys, I didn't mean to take it out of football for a moment there, but, like, uh, Andrew Luck was in his prime and, and playing in AFC championships, and he's like, I'll pass. I'm out. And... and I think we're going to see, with the money these guys are making, I think we're going to see more and more of that. Especially with the NIL money now. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like, you get your NIL money in college, get one solid contract in the NFL, and especially the quarterback position, these guys make, I mean, the standard's set now. It's $40 million a year for anybody who can throw a pass. Well, they before yeah. they, just with the rookie contract alone, Zach Wilson's going to make over $37 million. That's what I'm saying. I mean, like, that's more than, than our entire group of friends combined. Mm-hmm. And, and he'll be fine. You know, so I'm with you. Like, Tua, at some point, he needs to sit down with his family in the offseason and be like, listen, what are we doing here? We spent five minutes talking on this game. Yeah, well, I, I <laughs> there's a couple games coming up that we can just move right past. And, and speaking of which, uh, you got Cleveland at Washington. The Washington football team's a two-and-a-half-point favorite because they're at home. Total's 40. Washington's currently the seven seed, a half game up on a collection of Seattle, Detroit, and Green Bay. D- d- now... The Washington football team, I will only call them that, they are going back to Carson Wentz. Thoughts? Man, it's like, yeah, I mean, I understand Heineke hasn't been playing great. I mean, I was a big fan of Heineke. He hasn't been playing great. But to go back to Carson Wentz, I mean, I mean, at best, he gets you he, he, he gets you into the playoffs, but he ain't winning you a playoff game. Neither is Taylor Heineke, really. I mean, but I guess it would be a great accomplishment to, for Washington to make the football fo- make the playoffs after that after that miserable start. Was it two and five or something like that? Or yeah, no, they, uh, that's another team that doesn't necessarily have the talent of the teams they're playing against, and they fight hard. Chico Rivera is a solid coach who gets the best out of his players. This reminds me though of well, my current girlfriend is crazy, so I'm going to go back to my ex girlfriend. <laughs> You'd be like, well, dude, wasn't she crazy? And that's why you broke up with her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know what? It's not the crazy I, I was dealing with yeah. for the last four weeks. <laughs> so, that, that's it. I mean, yeah. Carson Wentz has continued to show he is not the guy for half a season was an MVP candidate. One thing I want to bring up here, Tim, before we move on to the next game here, because I know we don't need to spend much time on this. Washington football team's last 10 games, their wins, Chicago, Green Bay, Indianapolis, Philadelphia. Now, Philadelphia is kind of the... Yeah, that's your bad. Houston, Atlanta. Their losses, Minnesota... The Giants they tied, the Giants they lost to, and San Francisco. Tim, their losses are all the teams that are in the playoffs. Cleveland's yeah. not going to the playoffs. Let's face it, whoever gets the seventh seed in, in the <laughs> NFC is getting demolished. I the, mean, the one thing I will say about Washington football team over the last 10 weeks, they've beaten teams they should beat. And Cleveland is a team with the way that they're playing right now with Deshaun Watson. Oh, there. he's been brutal. He's brutal. He's terrible. He's been playing horrible. He, he looks like a guy who hasn't played football in two years. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I, and, it, and this is a team Washington football team should beat. So, therefore, Washington football team should win this game because they only lose to really good teams. Minnesota, the Giants are a good team, San Francisco. Arizona's at Atlanta. <laughs> uh, Atlanta's a three-point favorite because their home totals 42. Both teams are mathematically eliminated. The Cards have lost five straight. The Falcons have lost four straight. Do you have any gambling angles about this game that you want to talk about? Um, no, I just think it's interesting that we're talking uh, right now, Week 17, football, and we're talking about a game that has Colt McCoy against Desmond Ritter. Dear Lord. Yeah, and w- it was it was one week away from being Trace McSorley against Desmond Ritter. I mean, holy cow. I mean, I just put under question mark on this game. The only thing I can really say about this is in the last 11 times Arizona and Atlanta played against each other, the home team has won. So, 
it's good for Atlanta on the on the trend? Question mark. That that's more about this game than I wanted to talk about. All right, moving on. <laughs> Tim, what do you got on your roster next? Uh, San Francisco is a ten point favorite at Las Vegas. The total is forty one and a half. The Niners have won eight straight games, hottest team in the league, as they seamlessly went from Trey Lance to Jimmy Garoppolo to Mr. Irrelevant Brock Purdy. They have the second best point differential in the NFL at plus 145. I mean, the only other team that's that's better, Buffalo. Buffalo's plus 157. They have some guy named Josh Allen. The Niners are plus 145 with... Jimmy Garoppolo and Brock Purdy, a quarterback. <laughs> and the, the funniest part about it is you got they're chasing for the second seed, a Minnesota team that I believe is like plus eight on the season for yeah. 10 points. I'm uh, sorry, plus five. They, yeah. math, <laughs> I, it just, it, it, I laugh because we, we talked about this on a couple of occasions. Every team at the top of each conference, Buffalo, Kansas City, Cincinnati, Philadelphia, and Minnesota, what do they all have in common? Their quarterback has stayed healthy all year. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, Jalen Hurts just got hurt. But their quarterback has stayed healthy all year. Then there's the Niners. <laughs> I, I mean, <laughs> I, 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 well, they just, it's a truck that just keeps on rolling. What you could say about the Niners is, is that you could put almost anybody at quarterback with the way that defense is playing right now. The defense is so good. This is a wicked good defense. Wicked good, Tim. Wicked good. Did they move fact, to Boston? <laughs> <laughs> not to mention the fact that the 49ers, the spread started off at five and a half. And... We know why and it's now 10. it's moved and to we're 10. Talk about it. We'll talk about it in the next episode, why. but we will say that once again, I would just said Colt McCoy versus uh, you know uh, versus Desmond Ritter, and now we're talking about Brock Purdy versus Jared Stidham. Yep. <laughs> I mean, the Raiders have benched Jared. Cow. Not only do they bench him, but he's politely asked to leave, and they're like, "Go ahead." We'll talk. We'll talk about it. Then. Yeah. We'll talk about it in the in the fantasy episode because there's so much more to talk about on this. We didn't want to. Yeah, we wanted to dive yeah. into it, but yeah. But I, I mean, the Forty Nineers def the Forty Nineers defense is so good, and when you're putting a guy that's that's legitimately a backup quarterback, no one's yeah. thinking Jared Stidham's going to be a starter anywhere next year. Nope. The, you know so. There's no reason why the 49ers defense does not absolutely feast on this. I just find it funny because the San Francisco 49ers are on the road with their third-string quarterback, and they're still a 10-point favorite. The game tonight has Josh Dobbs being the uh, starting quarterback against Dallas, and the and the over/under for the for the the total points for Tennessee is set at 13 and a half. The over/under for the Vegas Raiders right now. Is at like fifteen and a half. The and team half. total under right now uh, for the for the Raiders should be on everyone's mind right now because San Francisco's defense is coming to town. Santa's not coming to town. Santa's already been here and gone. <laughs> well, you're getting cold, baby. San Francisco's defense is coming, and they're not bringing cold. They're bringing the train. <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. All right, moving on. We got the Jets, a two point favorite at Seattle. I. We'll talk about that in a second. It's three oh five game. The Jets are two point favorite at Seattle. Totals forty two and a half. The Seahawks are zero and six against the spread in the last six. Yeah, um, yeah. So, really, what? I mean, how in the hell are the Jets a two point favorite at Seattle? The Jets in their last six are one and five. Seattle in their last six is one and five. Tim, six weeks ago. This was a big game on the docket. If you looked at it and you were like, hey, man, if you're a Seahawks fan or you're a Jets fan, you're like, man, 
Jets are playing good. We got to play against them week 17. Oh, Seahawks are playing good. We got to oh, go. Jets fan, we're getting, we they go were getting their to tickets to Seattle. They were getting we, their tickets yeah. to Seattle. We're going to go watch our team play. And these two teams, both in the last six weeks, have laid eggs. Yeah, the Jets one are. One and five, one and five. Yeah, Jets are the nine seed in the AFC. Seahawks are the eight seed. But let me circle back to where I started. How in the hell are the Jets favored in this game? Because Seattle has lost the last three at home. Seattle's lost the last but, three at home, and one of them was the Carolina. Well, what have the Jets done well? That's a good point because you know what I mean. Like you know what because we were gonna we're gonna touch on this in the next episode. We were gonna talk about uh, fantasy. You know who's gonna be the number one overall right now in our eyes in, in fantasy. So so tune tune in with us on that one so we debate that. But I'm just saying. But bear with me for a second. Usually, when you have two evenly matched teams, and at this point we can say the seven and eight Jets and the seven eight Seahawks are the definition of the, evenly the matched. The home three, you get the home three. Yeah, I mean, that's 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 something that goes back to when sports betting started. You get the home three. So I just, I to me, it just screams trap. Like Vegas. Well, the Jets' defense is actually pretty good. I know they've been losing, but that's more of that's more of the fact that their offense is so inept right now, and and part of that was Zach Wilson for two weeks, but. I will say that uh, Mike White is back. I mean, give no, me something. No, I, I, mean, I wish I could. I wish I could give you something better than that. I mean, maybe there's a trap here, but I, I just if because when you said it like that, and Seattle's at home, I feel like they're begging you to take Seattle. So my mind is, what do they know? I will say this: what I was going to say before. But before we get interrupted, before I interrupt yes. you, yes. When we were talking, when I was talking about people that have fantasy impacts next year and stuff like that, is that this team, the Jets, I can't believe I'm saying this because I was trashing it all preseason long. This team was a different team with Brees Hall. When Brees Hall was on the field, this team made a lot better things happen and stuff like that. And actually, I think he probably he probably made Zach Wilson a lot better than he was. Yeah, th- that's not a fantasy take. That's an NFL take. That that's yeah. true. Brees Hall, I, I brought it up a couple occasions. He has explosiveness. I dogged them for drafting him when we covered the uh, AFC East in the in the preseason. I'm like, hey, Michael Carter looked good, whatever. I was wrong. What is Brees Michael Carter doing the whole time? Brees nothing, Hall is doing nothing. Nothing. He's going to be taken over by Bam Knight. Yeah. I, 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 Brees Hall has a spark. Dude looks special. And with him not there, the offense suffers. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't really know. I mean, Mike White versus Geno Smith. Zach, with Zach Wilson, we talked about it already. Inactive, not traveling with the team. I mean, yeah, just, yeah. Okay, buddy, I know we're getting long here, but let's face it. It's an important week. It, it's week 17. It, it, it's a huge week in the NFL. It's a huge week for everybody. Um, 325 game, we got the Vikings at the Packers. Packers are getting the home three I was mentioning. Uh, total is 47 and a half. The Packers have won three straight to stay alive. They're currently the 10th seed on tiebreakers. But I, I tell you what, between the way teams have been playing – Vikings are twelve and three. Packers are seven and eight. I feel like the Packers have been playing much better football. Yeah, the Packers have been playing good football, and Minnesota has been eking out wins. So this comes down to can Minnesota eke this one out again in Green? Yeah, I mean, Week One, uh, the Vikings won way back in Week One, twenty three to seven. I don't think that matters. Does this Week One's matchup matter at all with this no, game? No, 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 no. The only thing, hopefully, is, is that Green Bay actually decides that they're going to try to I don't know cover Justin Jefferson. Yeah, and that's the thing is, what Green Bay, and, and it, there's no surprise, what they do well is run the ball. Their two best athletes, not named Aaron Rodgers, on offense are Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. 
And and the recent success that they've had, they've gone back to getting them the ball. Yeah. And and I'm not saying Christian Watson hasn't had a good run. Factually speaking, he's questionable for this game. Um, but I, I mean, the Packers are not just favored by three because they're the home team. They're playing much better football. They finished the season hosting the, the Vikings and hosting the Lions. They have a great opportunity to sneak in. And we've seen teams, we talked about the Giants team that beat the undefeated Patriots. If you sneak in and get out hot at the right time, you can, and you know, good things can happen. I, I, the only thing I would say about that is, is that it, as, as a seven seed, it is pretty difficult. You know, it, it's one thing when you were the six seed, because that's happened a couple of times where a six seed's made it to the Super Bowl or even won the Super Bowl. But to actually, to a seven seed, to play against the second best team and then to play against the first best team in the league and in your in your conference, I I don't know if we'll ever see a seven but, seed. But follow me on this. Okay, currently the Vikings are the two seed. If, if the Packers, who are very familiar with the Vikings, and, and there's nothing new this year as far as what they're doing, if the Packers win this game, and then they end up the seventh seed and the Vikings are the two seed, they play the Vikings. Mm. Now, I understand what you're saying. If the Vikings lose, then the Niners take over as the two seed. If they play the Niners, forget it. In San Francisco, if, you know, the, if the Green Bay plays at San Francisco in week two, and then happen to miraculously pull that off, and then go to Philadelphia, come on. Come yeah. on. Uh, it, Not I'm, this Green Bay Packer team. No, you're right. Everything you said is accurate. Uh, the Vikings can still make a run at the one seed. If they win out, if they win the last two, and the Eagles, uh, if the Eagles lose their last two, the problem is the Eagles face New Orleans <laughs> and the Giants. Now they could absolutely lose to the Giants, but they're not losing at home to the Saints. They, Garner yeah. Minshew or Jalen Hurts or you know Josh Dobbs, it doesn't matter. This Eagles team is not losing at home to the Saints. Anything else you want to talk there about? There you go. Write game? it up. Write it up, everybody. There's the lock. <laughs> There's Tim's guarantee right there. The lock of the week. No, no. All right, the other 325 game is the Battle of L.A. The Rams are, quote, at the Chargers. Chargers six-and-a-half-point favorite. The Rams have been mathematically eliminated. The Chargers have clinched a wild card. Do you know how, like, when they say, like, if a tree falls in the woods, does anybody hear it if no one's there? So that, Tim, if the if the if if an L.A. team is playing against an L.A. team, is anyone really the home team? <laughs> just, dude, for years they made a big deal. Oh, the second biggest mark doesn't have a team. Second biggest mark doesn't have a team. Well, now you have two you don't support. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, it's brutal. I mean, like when the, the only team against, in L.A. that they support is the Lakers. When the Rams went against the 49ers, there was, in, in, in L.A., there was more 49 ers fans in the stands. Of course. <laughs> when Miami plays against the Chargers, <laughs> there's more Miami fans in the stands. I mean, there's just... I mean, this is what this is what everybody does. <laughs> yeah, I, the best thing I can say about the Rams have accomplished this year is they basically got Nathaniel Hackett fired. Well, they dominated the 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 Denver Broncos. They scored points. They scored every drive. That's they, they scored every drive. They didn't even have to bring the punter out. Punter got a nice week off. I mean, uh, you know, uh, the Chargers they clinched last week with a playoff with a with the with yeah, the win. I, I mean, so I mean, maybe, this game doesn't matter to either. Team. Maybe they maybe they move up the maybe maybe move up the ways a little bit. Maybe they win a couple of games. They can they can move up to the fifth seed. Maybe get to play against I don't know the possibly the Jacksonville Jaguars. I mean, that's really what you should be rooting for. Is that what you should be playing for? Is to be that you first wild card. You want to get the five seeds. You, you want can that play five seeds. So yeah. You can play against the Jags and the Titans because right now, oh man. If you're looking at playing against them or playing against, I don't know, Cincinnati or Kansas City or Buffalo, yeah, give me the yeah. Jacksonville Jaguars. Absolutely. Anything else about this game you want to mention? No. I'm with you. Well, Baker's not playing in primetime, and he's not coming in in relief of it, buddy. If he just put up 50 points, usually that means that there's going to be a letdown. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Book it. 
Uh, Sunday night game, you got Pittsburgh at Baltimore. Baltimore's a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Totals 35. Now, the Ravens have clinched a playoff berth, while the Steelers are still mathematically alive. I just hope the Steelers run the run the gambit again. And they don't even need to make the playoffs. But to go 9-8 and have Mike Tomlin once again have a, have yeah. a winning season. With, with this team? With this team. And not only that, but I, I, I preface that the Steelers are mathematically alive because look how they snuck in last year. The 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 moons that had to align for them to get in last year, yeah. and they did. Now they got beat down handily and had no yeah. business being in. But the fact of the matter is they could still, as bad as this season has been for them, they could still sneak in. Tim, the one thing that they brought up on Red Zone last week was the first time wide receivers caught a touchdown for the Ravens since week three. That's crazy. There I heard that too. I was like, what did Scott Hansen just say? Yes. It's week three. <laughs> 14 weeks. Yeah. Holy cow. That's it, like a Miles Sanders season without a touchdown. Miles <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I, I'm with you. This is... I, Lamar's probably not going to play this This used game. to be an amazing match. Yeah. This, when it was Ravens-Steelers... That was must-see. There was, you know, Ray Lewis against Big Ben. You're like, oh, man, buckle down for three hours. Here we go. I don't know that I, I mean, I'll watch, but I don't know that I'm excited about it. No, I mean, and it's funny because it's like, this is like the fourth, like, night game the Steelers have gotten this season. And I'm like, what? Why are we watching? The last week with the Raiders. But then this one, I was like, is this the first time that they've gotten back-to-back Sunday nights? And I was like, oh, I had to correct myself. Because it was a Saturday night game and then a Sunday night game. Yeah. I was like, when was the last time anybody got flexed two weeks in a row on Sunday night? So, yeah, brutal. Let's move into the, let's move on to a game that everybody actually wants to see. Yeah, how rare is it that the Monday night game is the best game of the week? On paper. Yeah. You know, you got the Bills, a one-point favorite at Cincy. Totals 49 and a half. Buffalo has won six straight. The Bengals have won seven straight. Something has to give. Yeah, well, Cincinnati is 10-0 and against the spread the last 10 times they've played against a team with a winning record. Yeah. So, I got to tell they, you. They shine when they're when they're doubted. And I know you were talking about, when we were talking about KC, like KC still has something to play for. They can get that one seed. But if Cincinnati wins this game, they leapfrog KC and the Bills, and they're technically the one seed going into Week 18. Well, since he has four losses, KC has three. So the only way to leapfrog KC is KC to lose. Oh, oh I, I mean, saw. If my kindergarten math works out, you're okay. probably right. You're probably right. I must have read something wrong because I read something where it was like they could, they could, they leapfrog the, they leapfrog the Bills. You're probably right though. Yeah, no, the the, the Chiefs are definitely twelve and three. All right. So, but my uh, apologies. Once again, that I'm doesn't, the worst. That doesn't, mean the this is, that doesn't mean this isn't an important game. Yeah. I mean, but I mean, they could. They could leapfrog him if, they, if KC ends up stumbling somewhere. Yeah, KC one. always finds a way to be like, wait, how did they lose this game? I mean, we talked about it last year when, when the Titans rolled in and, and beat them. And you're like, wait, what? And they went to overtime against the Texans. So I'm not saying that, that Denver... Maybe not this week. But Cincinnati <laughs> can still... <laughs> hey, but come on, honestly. If, if Cincinnati... Beats the Bills this week. I mean, holy cow. The dynamic of the AFC. I mean, I even though Cincinnati would have to travel to to, to KC or Buffalo, holy cow. The, the amount of momentum Cincinnati has winning eight in a row and beating KC and Buffalo during that eight in a row stretch. Holy cow, man. Yeah, and that's the thing is, I mean... They went to Tennessee and beat the one seed last year. They went to Kansas City and beat the Chiefs in the AFC Championship. They've shown they can do it. This is a team that plays the best against the best. 
They play their best against the best. And oh, by the way, for our gambling friends, the Bengals are twelve and three against the spread this season. Yeah, <laughs> and they're NFL, dogs. NFL best. They're twelve, 12 and three and against three. the spread, and they're home dogs. Yeah. Anything else you wanted to talk about in this? Oh, one? Let's move on to best bets, All my right. friend. Let's move on. You actually, um, yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was not a good week for either one of us. I was going to say week. you had a better week than me, but we finished both one yeah. and two. I'll so. go first this time, considering you've been out of terror lately. So I am going to go with the the Raiders team total under 15 and a half. <laughs> I mean, San Francisco is coming. Jared Stidham is not any kind of answer. I wouldn't be surprised if they don't score a touchdown at all in that Raiders game. The Raiders score don't score a touchdown at all. Book it. Raiders scoring 30. All right. <laughs> so I'm going with yeah, the Raiders I, I understand what you're saying, yeah. under 15 and a half. Um, I am going with Philly minus six and a half is what I had them at. They are six and one against the spread in their last seven at home. And they are under the magic number of seven. So give me Philly minus six and a half. Well, this sucks. Because every single time we've gone, we've gone on the same, we've R- been wrong. Real R- raggy. Yeah. Yep, I have the Eagles. I got it at minus five and a half today. But if you. No, yeah. no, no. I, I will tell you, I started that on uh, Tuesday, so I will take your five I am and a half, taking the Eagles minus five and a half. Uh, you're just talking about, just it doesn't make a difference. Gardner Minshew against against the Saints or Jalen Hurts. The, Gar, the, the Saints are not a good team. They turn over the ball. It's at Philly. They're brutal on the road. Yeah, Philly is good at home. New Orleans is brutal on the road. New Orleans doesn't protect the ball. They don't force turnovers. I've talked about it already. There's no reason to say why this is go this way. Yeah, uh, my next. Since you've already moved on uh, to your second one, Carolina plus three. The Bucks are, are like I said, the Bucks are zero and eight against the spread at home. I, I the the money line is plus one forty five. I like Carolina to win this game, but if you're going to give me three, I'll take the three. Yeah, so, you're talking about a team, a Bucks team that just is not as good as anybody yeah. would have thought this season. Like I said, they were favored every single game up until week fourteen. Yep. I mean, and it's so, really mind blowing at that point. My third pick. The Houston Texans plus four and a half. Jacksonville is not playing for anything. A lot of their players, they've already said that some of the players that have injuries are not going to play because it's basically a preseason game before the last game of the season to see if they win the division or not. So they're not going to be playing as many players as they can. Houston is on fire the last three weeks. And when you're talking about that you take Kansas City to the limit, you take Dallas to the limit, you beat the Titans, and now you're playing against the Jaguars. The Jaguars aren't playing at home. The Jaguars are pretty brutal on the, on the road, and they certainly are brutal when they play against the Texans. You're not wrong. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I, I like it. Uh, my third one, and I'm glad we I, – I, I seriously considered Houston solely because of the fact that they beat him so many times in a row. But I, I'm glad I did. I went oppo because we would have had two the same. I got Green Bay minus three. Uh, I, I just – the Vikings have been living on the edge the entire season – all the games last year that they were losing in one-score games, they're winning this year. That can't keep happening. Packers are playing much better football. Give me the Packers minus three. All right. Guys, those are our three best bets for the for the, for the the week. Hope you guys, uh, you know, tail them. Hopefully we all win some money together. Hopefully you guys win some money doing whatever bets you want to do. We're coming back with our fantasy championship episode here. We're going to talk some fantasy football stuff. We're going to talk some Raiders, Raiders uh, dumpster fire here. So thanks for checking it out and uh, check out the next episode. Happy right. New Year.